Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now, here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that, which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. Today's theme is on spiritual law once again, and the title of today's show is Spiritual Law Part 5, or The Laws of Attraction and Repulse. We have a thought here from Alice Bailey that I think um, says a lot about our theme today, and I quote, Under the law of attraction, spirit and matter met together, and the manifested universe came into being. And Alice Bailey, as you might have heard before, is the founder of the Lucis Trust organization. And all of the dialogue that you'll hear on this show emanates from one of her volumes of literature. She's written many volumes of literature. I think you'll find them interesting. So stay with us and you'll get some insights about Alice Bailey and her work. Who or what imposes and regulates this law of attraction? The um, main, main agent of this law of attraction is the soul because it's one of the major laws imposed by the soul upon the, the human personality. But on a higher level, uh, this opening statement about the law of attraction causing spirit and matter to come together to bring the universe into being reminds one that uh, behind all of the outer world there is the the law and the mind as known to God. And there's that that wonderful statement from some writer, I don't remember, that the mills of God grind slowly, but they grind exceeding small. And that, I think, gives gives us some sense of why we are subjected to law. We cannot just uh, evolve in our haphazard way, uh, go through life um, enjoying whatever pleasure comes our way, paying no attention to how we treat others, how we handle or don't handle the responsibilities given to us, that's evading the law. And I think there's kind of a tendency in the 
new age view of the world to think of uh, spiritual development as kind of a um, soft and flabby, uh, comfortable progression through life. Not in fact, uh, it's really a, a, a requirement to understand the laws of God, to cooperate, to bend oneself to them, to sacrifice and adapt so that one can become a real uh, agent of the plan. And that's um, what uh, lies behind this series of programs that we've done on spiritual law. Yes, it might be uh, helpful to just to remind listeners again what we how we define a spiritual law, because uh, and it's defined in the writings of Alice Bailey in the books, and uh, she says in one place that a law is only an expression of a force applied under the power of thought by a thinker or a group of thinkers. In other words, it's a it's a uh, an impression or a, an expression that is set in motion, and um, by the <clears throat> mind. By the mind, by the great minds of the, the in this case, the the creator of this world, is set in motion uh, these spiritual impulses that affect um, everything within that creation. And so, what we are mm-hmm. trying to do is to figure out what these laws and requirements are, to understand them, mm-hmm. and to obey them. Yeah, spiritual laws are imposed by God over His creation, just as. We, in turn, on our little microcosmic level here, uh, impose the laws and the impulses on the living cells within our body. Knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the cells don't have a choice. They, uh, they are part of our body. They're part of this organism we call a person. And uh, there are certain impulses and desires and that uh, every human being has, and the the cells in our body are subjected to these laws. And so on the higher scale, uh, we are subjected to the same laws by, by God. Don't you think that increasingly today people have um, a, an acceptance of the idea that we might be governed by law in terms of our spiritual development, that increasingly there's um, a willingness to understand laws and comply Mm -hmm. with them? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think there is uh, where as the human mind begins to awaken to uh, the inner spiritual realities then uh, we're more aware that there are these inner subjective laws uh, there taking place. And I think what's important to realize about these laws is how much they govern our daily life unbeknownst to us. Certainly the law of attraction does. <clears throat> yes, very much so, and we're going to get into that in a minute. And They are the, the, the source of every impulse we feel and think, and uh, the existence of these laws gives us the ability to create and to destroy and to build and to tear down and to uh, eventually let go of all of that. And we could... Uh, we couldn't get through the day without uh, the power of these laws to govern our life. And uh, it's important to realize that uh, that a, a knowledge of these laws will be increasingly necessary as we in the human kingdom begin to manifest and to to bring to light the spiritual qualities of the kingdom of God, uh, the new kingdom that's in the process of manifesting. And uh, this subjective kingdom is governed 
more directly by these same spiritual laws. So it's it's incumbent upon us to learn something about them. Uh, how does this law? How does it affect human beings? Well, as I understand that the law of attraction is really um, um, an expression of the driving force of love, which is one of the major conditioning energies behind our world. And uh, so this law of attraction drives us, compels us, as Dale uh, uses that word, toward that which we love, that which we desire. And one of the most obvious ways it works out is in the um, the power of the sex uh, uh, drive, which brings man and woman together to produce uh, future generations. So it's a law that's absolutely necessary and that is motivated in the best sense by love. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's um, as it said in the opening quote, it's the same law of attraction that brought together spirit and matter. And uh, they, that is also a higher correspondence of that same sex impulse. <laughs> and put it that way. Yeah, that <laughs> which we are attracted to, we we seek for ourselves, and by uh, gaining what we desire, gaining what we think we love, what we um, are attracted to, we learn whether it is good or bad. And it's part of the great uh, learning process of evolution. We learn, it's said, by means of evil that good is best. We learn through direct experience, and we pay the price. And the law of attraction is based on that fundamental truth, that whatever we desire, that we shall have. That's a familiar saying, be careful what you want, you might get it. Well, there's some wisdom behind that. If we want something ardently enough and for a long enough time and dedicate enough of our energy to it, we will get it. And sometimes we learn in getting it that what we thought we had wanted so much is not, in fact, what's good for us as Mm. human beings. It's how we learn this benign and beneficent freedom that God has granted us, the freedom of choice and uh, decision, discernment and values, is to me such a, a deeply spiritual and loving uh, decision by God to allow us to learn in this way. Yeah. Well, is it, is it fair to say that then that the desire for evil can uh, lead to the path, uh, lead to us, lead us on the path to good? No, that's what I'm assimilating well, right in, now. That's, in a, you mean my my statement? Uh, we've learned by means of evil that good is best. Yes, in a roundabout way, by by attracting that which is low, unworthy, and in mm-hmm. fact evil to us, we experience it in its totality, and eventually end up rejecting it, repulsing it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if we have enough sense and enough uh, foresight, we can stop going after that which our minds and our higher nature would tell us is not good for us and is not good for anyone. And the point is to use our mind, our imagination, our values, our our power of decision-making and discrimination to foresee the consequences of our choices. Yes, and that's the very value of, um, of the mind itself, that ability to discriminate and to, uh, uh, as you say, to, uh, <clears throat> to make choices. And if we choose wrong, then uh, we uh, run the risk of uh, breaking the law. But we don't have to suffer the penalty of wrong choice if we orient ourselves towards service. Service is the great releasing factor uh, in um, obeying this law of attraction. If we, 
if we desire, if we want to serve, to make our lives useful to others in some context, whether we're speaking of a small group or a world service, then we are most likely learning to avoid the the penalty of having desired wrongly. Mm -hmm. Because when you desire to serve, you're expressing the innate urge of the soul, which is to love and serve. So you are allowing yourself to be attracted by that which is beyond your own little um, sphere. I see. And also, something you brought up on another show, uh, harmlessness, I would uh, I would think also that if we if we uh, adopt the uh, the viewpoint that harmlessness is the highest priority, the highest value, wouldn't that keep us away from yes. the evil because it would have to fit into that yes. scheme of things before we made a choice? Yes, it would um, make uh, one's choices and values uh, seen in terms of the uh, larger context mm-hmm. of society and the group. Well, for those people who just tuned in, uh, you're listening to Inner Sight. And today we're talking about uh, the laws of attraction and... Uh, uh, and repulsion. And if you'd like to order any of our tape cassettes, or if you'd like a cassette of this show, or any of our shows for that matter, you can order directly from us. If you'd also like our books, and by the way, if you'd like to explore spiritual laws as written by uh, Alice Bailey in her literature, you can f- uh, focus on Esoteric Psychology, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, those are two volumes of uh, Alice Bailey works or literature that uh, focus on the laws of attraction and repulsion. And additionally, uh, well, uh, we also are asked quite frequently, uh, are you a religion? No, we're not a religion. We have a uh, number of people from a variety of walks of life, a multitude of uh, religious backgrounds who are interested in the Alice Bailey material. Um, a lot of them uh, read the material. They study the Alice Bailey books. Uh, uh, others come to meetings that we have, and uh, there's no real requirement. Uh, but if you'd like to order the general package of information, as well as the books that I just spoke about, uh, you can you can receive it by giving us a call on our toll-free number. That's one 695 8247 That's one 866 695-8247. And an easy way of remem- remembering it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of New York, LUCIS. LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. <coughs> Our website is www.lucistrust.org. And if you key into that website, you can look at uh, our previously archived library of shows, uh, we have many shows archived right now, and you might be interested in listening to some of them. They're on a, a variety of topics, and um, a lot of people seem to uh, especially like the topics on self and uh, uh, how to reach uh, uh, changes within ourself and new uh, layers of uh, reality within our own being. Uh, and remember, too, that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations. Uh, I'm going to return to our uh, discussion. And Alice Bailey also writes about the law of repulse. Could you explain how this law works? Uh, I like that word. I notice you're kind of recoiling from it, repulse. You're sort of swallowing it. Favoring the word repulsion rather than said, but uh, (laughs) repulse is okay, I guess. Repulsive, that's one of my favorite words. Wasn't there a movie called Repulsion, a French movie years ago? Anyway, I think there was. In the terms of the Ageless Wisdom, Alice Bailey defines repulse as an attitude towards that which is not desirable. 
And so when it's thought in that context, the ability to repulse that which is not in our highest interest is something that we can develop and must develop in our consciousness. It's um, it's something based on the fa- faculty of discrimination, of discernment, of judgment. You can learn to uh, put away the forces and the the urges that are not uh, in your soul's interest. And speaking on a group level, humanity is uh, intended to create a kind of a defending wall of repulsion against the forces of evil. And to me, that's very interesting because we've been focusing so much in the last few months on the power of evil, mm-hmm. which is a real power in the world, and we've seen some of its effects, but we are not helpless in the face of it. We, uh, humanity, does have the capacity, apparently, to stand as a kind of a defending wall uh, against evil forces. If, if enough people of goodwill and of intelligence can unite in their uh, conviction that love is more powerful than hate, that service is more important than self-interest, that spiritual values are greater than uh, material uh, things, all of this can help to repulse evil. Yes, I think it's it's uh, part of the genius of the creative spiritual powers that be, the, the great creator of this world, to uh, include in these laws the ability to repulse something undesirable, so that, uh, because if he couldn't, if he didn't have that ability, I mean, evolution would stop, I mm-hmm. think, because... Uh, we need that ability to leave behind that which is undesirable so that we can move forward. It's a matter of choice, <coughs> isn't it? No? Yeah, that's mm. right. And this law comes into play primarily when a person begins to feel the need or the desire to overcome uh, his own desire nature uh, and to substitute a higher desire for uh, something of a lower nature, and so it's it's the ability to repudiate and to let go of that which limits uh, one's freedom that uh, is embodied in this law of repulse. Apparently, it also involves the um, the ability to uh, put aside the purely material and um, coarse values uh, in favor of more spiritual attributes because um, the writings of Alice Bailey say that the soul demands release from the outer material tangible satisfactions. That's That gives you an idea of how far we have to go because most of us still do enjoy earthly life and material pursuits and that doesn't mean we're evil, loathsome beings but it shows that there is probably a kind of a friction in our lives as long as we do hold this desire to um, still build our foundation on material values. Even if they're decent uh, urges like a nicer house and uh, more money so you can enjoy life more and travel more and see the world, still you're not really um, pursuing the soul's intention, which as I understand it is purely to do with consciousness. 
which would mean to me the ability to understand and to include larger and larger states of being and to identify with larger and larger numbers of humanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, That doesn't mean that we will stop living in a material realm, but that we will stop worshipping it so much and craving it. And our attention and our urge and our, our, our compelling... Uh, desire will be to expand our consciousness to include these states of being. Yeah, I think the the, the word desire is um, probably embodies the, the major problem uh, humanity is facing right now. It's uh, that we're governed by desire so much, and that desire has been defined as the urge towards satisfaction satisfaction of all of our appetites for, for sexual gratification or for the urge to be popular or to... For chocolate? <laughs> for chocolate. Oh, of course, always for chocolate. That'll keep and to be loved. <laughs> the love of chocolate. And <laughs> well, uh, I've had it. Well, that's right. We, we stop there. <laughs> well, how, uh, I'm kind of confused. How does one do that? Uh, a negative thought comes into one's mind or an evil desire comes into one's mind. Is it then a matter of discipline where one says to oneself, I, I will not entertain that thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the expression okay. that you hear today, it's so trite and trivial, but it says, don't go there. Yes, so don't the, don't go down that road. Okay, so the thought comes into one's mind, and, and mm-hmm. if you're on the spiritual path and you have the desire, as Dale, Dale said a moment ago, to evolve as a person spiritually, then one says to oneself, I will not entertain that thought, mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. keep it out. And the same would go <coughs> for lines of um, entertainment and conversation. Mm-hmm. You can choose not to partake of uh-huh. them. Don't participate. Yeah. yeah. If you don't think a television program is worthy of your best interests or your children's interests, turn it off. Music, if it creates a kind of a low vibration within you, turn it off. Or if you get caught up uh, through accident, uh, downing someone else or speaking mm-hmm. uh, against someone, you mm-hmm. say to yourself, I, I will not participate mm-hmm. in this situation, in this conversation, rather. Right, okay. and it's a, it's a, a long, <coughs> tedious process of overcoming those habits which are so ingrained. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen overnight, but little by little you can retrain yourself. You can, If you think of yourself as a, a, a long-playing record, you're cutting new grooves yeah, yeah. in your consciousness. But first, before anything happens, uh, has to be, as Dale mentioned, the desire. Mm-hmm. to be that way. And the awareness of what you are doing mm-hmm. with your energy yeah. and force, just paying attention. Yeah, we have to realize that by working with these laws, by applying them and, and going over and over and over these laws, we're, we're learning to wield them, to, mm-hmm. to use them, this energy and this force, and to use it rightly. Uh, each of these laws are given us for a reason. <coughs> and there are... Uh, they, they govern our lives, and we have to learn to wield the law of attraction and the law of repulse uh, in the same way that God has to learn the law of sacrifice mm-hmm. and all of that. So. And, and coming back to um, the larger level than just the individual self, humanity as a whole has to learn these laws if it's going to play its part in the um, plan that God has for our world. And this comes back to the the tremendous power of goodwill, if it could be mobilized, because goodwill has to become the active, repelling force that will uh, overcome and put away evil. That's humanity's duty, to stand with goodwill 
in massed formation against these forces of evil that would divide us, that would keep hatred alive, that would keep people separated from each other and uh, fighting with each mm -hmm. other. Goodwill is the only force that will overcome that. Now, <clears throat> you've spoken about uh, of the need uh, to overcome certain desires. Of course, there were the desires that were positive that we were speaking about, mm -hmm. the desire to, be, to evolve spiritually. But certain, uh, overcoming certain desires, we've certainly spoken about. Does this mean that desire and desirous feelings are, are wrong? No, uh, they're probably, for most human beings, inevitable. We desire one thing or another. The Buddha's message was to overcome all desire. And mm. that is the goal, to achieve the state of complete dispassion, which enables one to find his way between the pairs of opposites through that narrow, razor-edged path that leads down the noble middle way. That's the path of dispassion and freedom from desire. But for most of us, perhaps a more realistic goal is to transform our desires, elevate them from the purely selfish and base to the more inclusive and um, uh, higher uh, urges. No, there was a time way in our past history, uh, you know, maybe a million years ago or even less than that, that desire <coughs> for the material world, for material things, was was required. It was right. It was right at the and time. And for some people it's probably yeah. right. And it, it, it has to do with uh, where the consciousness is focused. Um, but now we've evolved to a stage where <clears throat> we have to move on and desire that continues to hold us back or to hold us imprisoned uh, at a certain point, at a certain stage in evolution, um, that has to be let go. One has to let go and that's where the law of repulse comes in. So yes, I mean, there were yes and no to the answer of that question. There, there were times when it was right and uh, but now um, maybe uh, it's not quite so right. I think part of the uh, problem in identifying uh, this or answering this question of desire is that a lot of us probably aren't sure what we desire. It's all kind of down there somewhere in our in our gut, driving us, uh, compelling us to do and to seek after things, but we may not be consciously aware of what really is is motivating us. So the first step might be for people to just get a clear idea of what they really desire in life. Because when you can identify it, then you can begin to evaluate its worth or its unworthiness, depending on what your de your desires are. But uh, first we have to be able to, to isolate it in consciousness, see it in reality, and then gradually learn to recognize those higher impulses that do work through all of us and act upon them. Look at September 11th. That was a remarkable day when people's higher impulses absolutely held sway for the most part from what we read, and people lived up to the highest and best within them to help each other. Those impulses are always available to us. We have to learn to uh, notice them and uh, act on them. Yes, and it's a matter of listening, mm -hmm. listening to your inner self, and uh, because that is the true guide that each one of us has within us. Uh, and it's that spark of divinity within us that is our true guide, and that should be the 
and, your point. And be patient with ourselves. It, this whole discussion reminds me of St. Paul saying that the good that I would do, I don't do, and the evil that I would not do, that I do. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a long struggle. Good thought. Yeah. And once again, for those people who uh, would like our general package of information, letting you know who we are, it's quite comprehensive. You'll get a, some, a really pretty good, clear definition of uh, what Lucis Trust is all about and perhaps how you might become involved. Give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. We'll be happy to send it out to you for free. An easy way of remembering it is one eight six six NY Lucis. This show, once again, we have to say this to you because we need your help. It's funded by the generous donations of our listeners. We need and welcome your support. And that's about all the time we have for our discussion today. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we'd like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?